Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening. Uh, Turn It Up Punk Footnotes Super Show will start in one second. But first, I wanted to tell you that the Turned Out of Punk Patreon has finally launched. You can find out more at patreon.com slash turnitapunk. There you will see there are four tiers, access to the full Footnotes episodes, to cool merch stuff, to uh, a live stream thing, all sorts of stuff's over there. Uh, so if you have the ability to uh, support that and are willing to support that, uh, please check that out. If not, don't worry. Things over here are not going to be changing anymore. You will still be getting turned out of punk episodes and turned out of punk footnotes, super show episodes uninterrupted. And don't worry, I'm not going to put any content from those things behind the wall or anything. It's gonna, I'm going to try and keep it as separate as possible. But yeah, please check it out. I'm really proud of what we're doing over there. So thank you very much. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Turned Out a Punk Footnote Super Show. I am one of your hosts, Damien Abraham, and your other host, as always, is my friend and your friend, too, Chris O'Toole. And this week, we are joined by the Turned Out a Punk uh, uh, American team, I guess, for lack of a better, I don't know what what's a better way to put it, guys. David up and Dave Martin, gentlemen, how are you doing today? Uh, Do- I'm doing very well. I am also doing well. Um, is American Team uh, a good enough name, or do you want something different? <laughs> well, well, since Team America is already taken, that's taken. That's taken. Team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, good, good point, Dave. It's like that movie. <laughs> have you seen? That? I saw a preview for a new movie tonight called Little. That's just like the same story of Big, but in reverse. And it's like, oh, that's perfect. It's just Little instead of Big now. You know, <laughs> Team America, yes. American Team. You know, it works. <laughs> no copyright infringement. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Let's go on. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, well, welcome to the show, guys. Today we are um, getting together to discuss just meaningless music stuff and direly important music stuff, as we always do on this show. How you guys been? It's been a while since we talked. Um, I've been all right. I've been. Uh, I I had a, a busy week of going out uh, to. I did I go to three shows last week? I, I went out a bunch recently, but. You know, this week seems like it's calming down. Three shows. Maybe I only went to two. I'm trying to think of what the third one was. I think I know that I didn't go to one Sunday. No, I went to three shows. I went to three shows last week. Wednesday night, Thursday night, Saturday night. I went to one and I'm still recovering. (laughs) Yeah, I I went to a one show and yeah, I feel like I too am still recovering. But I feel like I haven't seen many shows at all, actually. So. Yeah, yeah, and I, but I still think you probably have been to like a lot more shows than most people would go to. Dave, Martin. Well, well sure, but you know, just not in the last couple of weeks. Well, what shows I mean, did you guys go to? I think we should probably give some show reviews. I mean, the the, the the listeners will never know what is a big black hole in Dave's show band seeing that we talked about out off the off air. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, we're gonna keep everyone can. 
email their guesses in. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. We don't we don't want to give it away, give it away now. No. No, no, no. <laughs> um I went to see uh, uh the first night I went to see uh Angel Dust, Bug and uh Scourge. Uh so I went to you know a, a modern show. I love that new I Angel Dust s- record. Mm. Yeah, I like. Uh, is it too poppy for you? I think it's too, a lot of people say it's too poppy for. It's them. definitely too poppy for me. I could hear I've that. I've seen them for a few times though. I mean, I generally go whenever they play here. Yeah, but yeah, I listen to the whole record. It's it's very poppy. It's very poppy. It's very very poppy. But I don't know. I, there's something about it. Being one who does like the poppier side of punk rock, some would call it pop punk. Uh, I mm-hmm. I do quite enjoy that new record. Uh, anyway, go on, Dave. What other bands do you see? Um, I went to see uh, then I so I went to see a, a young you know like I was potentially maybe the third to fourth oldest person in the room. You know? <laughs> yep. Um, and then I went to see a band's thirtieth anniversary tour, uh, which was the the Bouncing Souls Bronx Casualties tour, which was the next day. Um, and then I went to a uh, free show at a bar with all young bands uh, that were. I'm gonna just blank on that. But the Sex Pill from Houston was a headliner. But uh, Circulo Vicio, uh, and I'm honestly I'm blanking. The, the other two band names are both like single word names that I'm blanking on. But it was like just like a, a like a all current all local punk band show. Were you like the only person you think that was at all three, or is there a lot of crossover? Good question. Um, I yes, I yeah. don't know. I mean, there could have been other people, but I think of those shows, one of which was a sold-out show at Mohawk. I think there weren't. I'd be shocked if there were two people that were all three. Yeah, because even like like Timmy uh, Teos fame did not go to the Bouncing Soul show. So he, he was at the other two, but he did not go to all three. And uh, Turnstile played Sunday, but I, I deemed that I'd gone out too much and just didn't go. That's the thing is also now it's like there's, it feels like everywhere you are, there's a show a night that you could be at. I mean, I, mean, I could go to something every night here, but yeah, I, same I definitely here. wouldn't. I wouldn't want to. No, um, no, I wouldn't want to either. But like, I'm like, you, you could see good bands every night now. And I, I, I don't remember it being like that when I was able to go out every night. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, obviously I, I didn't really live in New York at a time when I could go out every night. Yeah. Um, but I often feel that that's one of the crappy things about New York is that, you know, there's too much to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, whereas when I, when I lived in Pittsburgh, you, you know, there was, there was less to do and you would find yourself at different shows just because it was something happening. Uh, and I don't know, that leads to maybe a, a, some more interesting experiences. Yeah. It definitely gets you into different types of music you might other, not otherwise check out, but now it's like, you'd almost go to like a hyper-focused genre show at least once a week and you can kind of stick in your own little micro focus world totally oh definitely yeah Yeah. i mean that's i mean that's like i like i went to i mean those three shows i went to were were all pretty different 
Um, but they're all like in the, the world of like the punk envelope yeah. over the whole thing. Umbrella, <laughs> I guess would be a better than an envelope. I don't know why I said that, but, uh, envelope you know, works they, too. They, yeah. I think I'm just honestly staring straight ahead and there's like zines and envelopes right in front of me, <laughs> uh, but there's not a lot of umbrellas in this room. So yeah, I just, <laughs> but, uh, there is literally an envelope right in front of me though. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I go to other stuff. I go to the occasional like concert, and then, you know, other stuff that comes through that's like, but yeah, I mean, I go to way more like punk and hardcore shows. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, how about yourself, Dave Martin? What was your show last week? Mine was uh, XX featuring recent guest Mary Timoney. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I thought they killed it. It was great. The, you know, did you go um, because of the podcast, Dave? <laughs> did you just discover? Yeah, yeah I was like, I. I just discovered this Mary Timoney. I heard her on the podcast. Uh, I'm going to check that out. Yeah. See? Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, that's the same thing for me. It's like this band from New Jersey for 30 years. I <laughs> heard about them on this podcast the other day. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm doing. I'm just about musical discovery, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you should check out so Alien. Continue, Dave Martin. Continue. Well, uh, XX, um, they, they added a bass player. Uh, so now they've got the two guitar lineup, uh, and it made a, made a big difference. It was great. It, it was a fantastic show. Yeah. I like that new record so, a lot. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome band. Chris O'Toole, did you go to any shows last week? No, no, I don't believe so. Uh, I have a whole bunch coming up in the next few weeks though, including your band, uh, in whatever two weeks or something. Yeah, I believe so. It's two yeah, weeks. nothing, nothing at the moment. But I have stuff this weekend, and I have stuff next week, and it varies from concert criteria to yeah, like like punk adjacent things or outright punk things. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to some stuff. I don't even know what the next thing I'm going to is. Did we I just talked like about had, it. Like, did I, what what did I say I'm doing? The same show that I just went to the other night that I was going to oh, talk that's, about. That's not. I'll go to a show that you you got yours. I I've got a, a bit before that happens. Oh, how long is that? Wow. Uh, I think it's next month. Okay. Now the show I'm talking about, which Dave's talking about too, is that Hatebreed 25th anniversary tour that's winding its way through America right now. Also featuring an Obituary that's having. It's like the anniversary of their second record too, right, or something. What year uh, is it? Offhand, I don't. It's, it, I don't it's 2019, so obituaries first. 89 is yeah. probably slowly rot. I'm guessing. Yeah, slowly rot. It's at 89. Yeah, or is it cause of death? They're doing like an anniversary as well on this tour. 89 slowly rot. I was right. Yeah. There you go. So they're doing cause, the, cause of death. Sorry, cause of death 90. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. So they're doing an anniversary <laughs> tour as well, celebrating. Um, and they're playing like the record start to finish on some of the tour. I think they're I think they're actually doing World Demise, uh, celebrating that anniversary this year. Hmm. Obituary? It's yeah. ninety four though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like the twenty fifth anniversary this year, right? Oh, twenty five. Yeah. Instead of doing that, I see. Yeah. yeah, and I think they're doing. I like, don't know World Demise all that well. It's it's good. It's good. I don't know it as much either. Yeah, I don't, I don't. They're one of those bands that I don't think they ever put out like a terrible record. Like I, I got to be honest, I'm not as familiar with like some of the later records, but you know, as far as I know, like it's it still sounded sick at the show. Yeah, 
that that's the one. I mean, no shade to any of the groups playing, but that's definitely the band I've I've failed to catch that I really like. That I'm envious that you got. You to never see. saw them? No, never. I've had plenty of chances lately, but I just I don't know. I always assume it's going to be like weird lineups or something like members that aren't original. No, I think it's like almost all original members. Isn't yeah, it? isn't it like hear. all but one? Yeah, yeah. I've seen them alone. Like I've I've gone to see them a bunch. Yeah. They they uh, they were awesome. Uh, Terror had some issues getting across. Uh, one member couldn't get across the border, so they had to play as a four four piece. And I don't know. Scott was like destroying his vocal cords, but it sounded amazing. Like he was just shredding his voice. His voice sounded one of the sickest times I've ever heard him sing. And I've been on tour with that guy a lot. So uh, Chromex played. And then, and they were fantastic as well. Obituary. Uh, Is that JJ? That's JJ Chromags. Yeah, right? yeah, JJ okay. Chromags. Um, Mike Dijon was in the band, and uh, who else? AJ was in the band, and they had the drummer from Maximum Penalty on this tour because Mackie couldn't make it. Mm. But they they sounded good too. They sounded cool. And then Hatebreed, which you know Hatebreed was ridiculous. It was. It was probably the biggest show I've ever seen Hatebreed play. Like, it was packed. I I was kind of, I mean, I won't know Canadian venues, but, like, I kind of assume they're playing massive places for that kind of tour. Yeah, it's definitely, like, a larger kind of concert theater type thing. the, The one problem with this venue, especially for a show like that, is it's got a slanted floor, which, I don't know, maybe I'm just old, but standing on a slanted floor for a long time just... Does does my calf muscles in something fierce? Yeah, uh, but shouldn't you have been in the pit? Well, I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna come out of pit retirement, and then I'm like, ah, this, there's no way this ends well in any way, shape, or form. Like, either I'm a super hard mosher still, or I get moshed the shit out of me, and no way it ends well. So, uh, uh, I want to say the last time I saw obituary, I was disappointed on the shoes I wore because I fully would have dove. But but uh, I was like I, I wore slip-ons today like an idiot. I can't do that. <laughs> there was a big barricade at the show, so unfortunately you couldn't get to the stage to do that. No matter what the footwear, unfortunately. Uh, but there were kids diving. There were still kids trying to make some dives happen. Terror. Yeah. Uh, Scott Scott was definitely trying to get kids to dive. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, it's, I've seen Terror so many times that this has got to be one of my favorite. Like the stage banter was off the charts this week, this time, and and his voice though, his voice was so sick. Was Scott Vogel the person that you did an interview with that had a band with like someone that like was just like fifteen years old to them in a Kiss cover band? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a great reference. That episode is great. His interview, yeah, for listeners that haven't heard it. It's- I don't know what uh, number that's, it is offhand. But I mean, that's really the takeaway. Sorry to just really spoil the whole thing. <laughs> that is one of the highlights of that episode, 100%. 100. He, uh, Mike. Which, speaking of which, sorry to, no, to go on. repeat on your point here, but it's in reference to a recent interview you did. But I thought the Mary Timoney one was great for that, too, with the Rush drummer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Same vibe. <laughs> Uh, there's been a couple moments recently in the show that have just been like, like, just like almost like punchline type things too. I thought like on Jennifer's podcast, when she talks about going to the Leonard Skinner show her, and then she has to like quickly justify it by being like, no, no, no. But I only went cause I thought Kid Rock was going to be there and was going to sing with them. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I wouldn't go to see, see them. 
<laughs> what is more embarrassing, seeing Leonard Skinner or hanging out with Kim Rock? I, I think I, the fact I, that I, she's I, doing I, it makes it awesome. Dave, are you saying you don't fuck with Skinner at all? No, fuck them. Dude, I, you're, I'm, with, I don't I'm know. with Martin on that. I'm with Martin on that. Yeah, no. Don't Sex, I, I, second helping's pretty pretty solid straight front to back. I mean, if yeah. you have, if you have $5, you can buy the first 3 LPs on vinyl pretty, you know, pretty easily. Oh yeah, no, no. And I, for me you know. it's just a product of like like growing up um just you know, a li- still a little shell shocked from like the losers who liked Leonard Skinner, you know. Um and and you know, I don't I don't know what it is specifically about them, but for me it's just like the soundtrack to racism. Oh <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to defend, you know, that. Um Yeah, but Dave But like to go on. Yeah, you, know, you go. What were you saying? I was going to say Yeah. David up uh, now, you know, you, you've obviously just weighed in on those first uh, Skinner records, but you also strike me as someone that probably is into grit sandwich for breakfast. The first kid rock record. <laughs> um, I mean, I honestly, if I'm going to go the kid rock, I prefer, um, I'm going to go later kid rock where he just seems like he was just trying to trick his like slack jawed fans into being like, no, no, I'm now a country Western. Like his like uh, Cheryl Crow duet or uh, the Only God Knows Why, you know, or whatever the hell that song's called. Like those songs, much more palatable than like Ba with Your Ba. Which, <laughs> um, as a side note to Ba with Your Ba, I, I want to go back to Skinnerd. But so at my work, uh, <laughs> there's there's like a dry erase board that has like a few like quotes on it, and I've wanted to write Ba with Your Ba like Kid Rock, like as like an inspirational quote. But I'm like I would probably this people wouldn't think this was funny because I feel like there's like a Mother Teresa quote. Like I think there's like very legit serious quotes. <laughs> and if I just wrote like complete like joke quotes, I think people would not think it was funny. Um, so to, to answer Skinner, one, I got into it by act two. Um, in your reasoning, why you like you're a, a never Skinner because of like upbringing. Uh, I can't be one of those punk dudes that fucks with Grateful Dead because I also just like high school hippies and all that shit. Like, I just can't take that out of the equation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I'm with you on that, too. Same. Okay. Like, love Black Flag. Know that I'm supposed to, like, fuck with American Beauty or whatever. Just just can't. Like, I've tried. I can't, like, be into this. But Skinner, we, we played it a whole bunch of the T-shirt shop just to, like, be obnoxious. And then it just kind of like stuck. Like, oh no, we're, I like this. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, no, I mean, uh, I just personally can't do it. So, well, let's take where, it back to something I, we can all agree on: Kid Rock. Um, <laughs> the first Wait, kid, his episode. <laughs> I, believe me, if it no, I don't think that'll ever happen for for a lot of reasons. <laughs> uh, but that first record, Grit Sandwich for Breakfast, not a bad record. And on that tour, he went on tour with Ice Cube. I don't believe you. It's it's like a straight up don't believe you. corny it's early nineties rap, rap record. Flat top. Do you know what really ages well? A lot of rap. You know it what's nuts is. about him? Back to Kid Rock, <laughs> based based on this being the theme of the show. Apparently, uh-huh. uh, he's actually I don't know about it anymore, but like way back when, apparently he was a sick DJ for real. 
like a lot, oh, yeah. of very, a lot of very credible industry people that you know like he was touring with that's how he got known he was a dj yeah. And then he decided to then make the pivot to making the worst music ever created. I mean, Dude, that music. first record, it's not bad. And the Polyfuse mess has got a couple tracks on it, too. Next one. Uh, I don't know. It gets that. really bad on early early morning Stone Cold or Stone Pimp, which is the era that I kind of heard about him because that was when they um, did an article on him in Grand Royal Magazine. Yeah. And that was kind of the that's the that's the record that I'm familiar with, and that's when he kind of you know starts going to the sound that he's got now. But those first records, you know, they're not amazing or anything, but they're not terrible. Yeah, I'm, I'm more referring to the what the zeitgeist of him is now is what I mean. But yes, yeah, what's he doing with himself now? Kid Rock. Yeah, yeah. Probably hanging out with Donald Trump, right? Like, I think they're buds. Uh, He's incredibly embarrassing with political nonsense. Yeah, um, just the face of of racism. So he's no longer hanging out with the the G's with the 40s or chicks with peepers? No, no, he's definitely not. He's no longer hanging out probably with Dr. Phil anymore. <laughs> that is one of Damien's favorite moments ever. That's my favorite. That's you mentioned that. That is my favorite moment, and in, in probably on YouTube. Have you? Ever, have you guys have watched it? Right, <laughs> the Daves. No, no, they probably haven't. What? I'm wait. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it to come up in my YouTube algorithm. Yeah, click on it, dude. Um, before, should, before you truth be told, Damien. Truth be told, I don't know that Kid Rock is everything that's entered my uh, search bar on YouTube. <laughs> well, let so, me tell you. Go on, Dave. Actually, that's not true. That's not true. But anyway, so, keep going. Go on, Chris. Cue this up. I, I was unfamiliar. Uh, and it was one of the earliest times I think I remember going over to your place. Yeah. And this was one of the first things you played for me on VHS, I believe. No, it was on a DVD. We actually bought the, because you know, at the end of like <laughs> Dr. Phil and like Oprah and all those things, they'll be like, for a transcript of what, of the show you just saw, please contact blah, blah, blah. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so Lauren for my birthday one year, because I was obsessed with this and this is before YouTube. So you couldn't even see it on YouTube at the time or anything, uh, got the transcript of this episode, but it's the Dr. Phil 200th episode, I believe. Uh, and it yeah, is something to behold. Some, some landmark in, in the surprise. Isn't it, it's a surprise on him, right? Like, they, like the group for him. Yeah, it's right? like... Isn't that it? Well, there is a Kid Rock Cowboy Dr. Phil show video that, that comes up. And you, it's the... Uh, it's on that there. It? I think that's, that's the it, one. Right? That's the one. Now it is up on there. Um, you no longer need to come over well, to my house way, to see it. Whole the whole premise was, you you showed this to me very early on. It was definitely it is funny, but I I was floored by how much you loved it. But the whole premise is essentially how happy Doctor Phil looks. Well, because apparently I, it's his favorite performer or something. He says, he goes, he just flew in from Detroit. He lands here, and when he says he's here, the look of joy on Doctor Phil's face is like <laughs> he's beside himself. And he turns to his wife, he goes, oh my God, I can't believe he's here. And he turns to Robin and says that unmiked, right? He's legitimately, and he's just like turning around, like, like looking at the crowd, like, oh my God, can you guys believe this shit? He's here. He's fucking here. He's about to cry. Like it's that, he's that happy. Yeah. So, so Damien, next time you're having just like a, a non, 
music-related, just a cannabis friend over, this might be the thing to throw <laughs> on instead of Christian Death. Like, <laughs> yeah, so before, before Dame had the Christian Death move, he had the... Have you seen this Dr. Phil? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got to you got to test people's uh metal, you know, when they show when they uh, show. I got to go get my rig and my V8 VCR real quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> he wheels it out, yeah, like oh, <laughs> You're right. He does look he does look he does look like Will Ferrell when they're like Santa's coming in. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. He looks that excited about about Kid Rock. And then he, he, if he, he, as you, as you do. And if you go, but if you skip to the end, also make note of Dr. Phil's son who's wearing a uh, suit jacket that's embroidered with uh, or emblazoned with a bunch of patches. So it looks kind of like a NASCAR. But uh, <laughs> uh, it gets to the end, and then Dr. Phil gets on stage and just grabs hold. Does it on the. Oh, I don't think it's on this YouTube clip. This is why no, it's good I, that I still own the. I do see a guy in a weird suit jacket. <laughs> that, that's Dr. Phil's eldest son. His, his younger son is in a punk band. When's he on the show? Yeah. I don't know. I, someone set it up. If you're friends with Dr. Phil's younger son, please put him in touch. Cause I would love what's to have him the, on the what's podcast. The band? Uh, I, something's kind of vaguely ska punk. Okay. okay. If you look up Dr. Phil, something be vaguely Scott Punk. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But if you look they, up Dr. They, they just can't commit to it, Chris. You know, it's like. Well, I think actually no. To be honest with you, I think he's now. I don't know. I don't know what he's in now. But at one point, he was in kind of like a screamo band, uh, type thing. Like he was in like a uh, kind of emo, you know, like emo pop punk. I don't know. I shouldn't misclarify this band because we're talking about a future guest here. I don't want to be disrespectful. <laughs> True. <laughs> to what he's done musically um, until this point. But yeah, like he was on. And also, uh, what's his name from the Osmonds? Donnie Osmond's son was in a punk band as well. Because I remember on the Donnie and Marie show, that short lived talk show that they used to have, they one time had Real Big Fish on the show. And he was like, My son's here and he's a huge fan of you guys. Talking to Real Big Fish. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, we're I mean, dumbfounded. We're dumbfounded by that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I can't find any footage of Dr. Phil's son's band. Dr. Phil, son, punk. Let's see if that. <laughs> what else comes up in that algorithm? Wrestling something? Oh, wait, wait. I mean, Watch Dr. Phil's son rock out to his band's new video. He's rocking oh. out to his own band's video, apparently, in this video. <laughs> Should I edit this As all well. out because this might be jeopardizing him coming on this podcast? Oh, it's from Inside Edition. Hey. Whoa, what, Dr. Phil's son? Yeah. Whoa, this is. You uh, guys yeah, got to see this clip. I mean, I think it'll just be foreshadowing. I don't think we need to edit it out. Look up Dr. Phil's son rock out to his band's new single. And wow. Oh, Dr. Phil's in the clip too. Oh. <laughs> and Robin, doc, that's Dr. Phil's wife. Uh, Man, you were super into Dr. Phil. I used to watch yeah. a lot of Dr. Phil. Like, I, I kind of, like, used to, like, like, I don't know if you are familiar with the Dr. Phil family. No. It was a, no. Dysfunction, <laughs> it was a dysfunctional family, like a family that was on the verge of a disaster that he took under his wing. And he, like, basically said, I'm going to, I want, you know, you guys are on the verge of disaster. I got to help you. And he just like 
took him under his wing, moved him into a house, and just put him through, like, you know, like a Dr. Phil, like, intensive... Oh, so it's not his family. No, 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 it was, like, this other family, like, you know, and he just, like, you know, just put all his resources towards him and just drove them right off the edge, and they just got way fucking worse off. <laughs> By the time the show was done, it was like, oh, my God, this poor family. Um, yeah, I used to love that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I just never got into, like, that kind of TV. I never got into, like, uh, intervention. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm not like, into it anymore, no. But at the time, I was. See, with this TV show thing has made me looking for a thing that I now can't find. Because I, there was a, there's a really funny footage of two live crew playing like one of those like daytime shows, oh. and I can't find it. And the only thing that's coming up is like Arsenio Hall, but it definitely wasn't that because it like, it was something funnier like Donahue. But then yeah, like, there's Donahue. Say, it feels like it has to be Donnie. But when I find Donahue, I just find them on a, him like. Luther Campbell on a panel with like Mike Muir and, and like Joe Biafra. And that's yeah, what I was looking for. That's what I remember. I remember them being on a panel. I don't remember them performing on the show, but I know there's definitely a TV show where they perform and it looks as out of place as you want it to. And they're either doing like face down <laughs> ass up or me so horny. And yeah. it's like, it's just like, you know, like a, a whole bunch of people that are like really disappointed that they're performing and I can't <laughs> find it. It's, but it's like, I, I, it, I really enjoy it because of, how like bummed out so many people appear to be <laughs> you know like i guess the the granddaddy of all these punk on daytime talk show type clips is the geraldo gg allen one and do you know that episode's 45 minutes long that's a long time to be a gg allen it's a long ass time to be talking to gg allen it can't all be on gg allen it's got to change i'm like trying no, to no it's 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 got a panel from what I remember. It's not him solo. No. Yeah, you're right. It goes to like something about art too, from the looks of it. I don't, it was, I was going to say it was El Duce on that one too, but I don't think he was. There was someone else on it though. Some other shock rock thing. I'm pretty sure. Well, no, El Duce was on Springer. Okay. There was one where I get confused. Cause did he do multiple oh, episodes, wait. Gigi, or did he do only that one? I can't remember. I thought he only did that one. Maybe he did two because there's that scene where in that where Geraldo goes up to Merle in the audience and goes, nice mustache. Because Merle's got, of course, <laughs> the Merle mustache on. As you do. As you I do. I still haven't seen the Allen Family doc yet, by the way. i got to watch it. Yeah, it's, it is definitely one of the most recommended documentaries to me out of any anything. Like People tell me to see that thing all the time. And I started to watch it, and I didn't, I didn't get a chance to finish it yet myself, so... Yeah, same way. Like, Gigi Allen's one of those guys, though, where it's like, once you do that deep dive into Gigi Allen, you're like, I kind of think I've seen enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like when I lived in Oklahoma, I watched a lot of YouTube and I watched a lot of just, like, Netflix. I feel like at one point, Netflix might have had multiple Gigi Allen concerts on it, which seems weird. But I, I remember, like, just being in my apartment oh, alone yeah. watching, like... Gigi Allen playing like somewhere in like the South, <laughs> you know, like a whole concert. And she's like, well, that's just what I'm doing tonight, you know? And <laughs> it was well, a weird time. Well, they probably but, went to uh, MVD and were like, okay, we'll just take everything you got. We got a streaming service. We got to fill it up. What do you got? You got, you got the cramps playing uh, an institution. Absolutely. You got, got San Quentin footage of crime. Sure. Let's put it up there as well. 
When you think about the cramps, do you think about anything besides the guy from another state of mind? Whenever anyone mentions the cramps, I just think about the cramps come through here, you know, and then that that guy's tirade about the cramps. Not that, honestly. That's I. Yeah. <laughs> that's the last thing I think about. I think. Yeah, I don't think of that at all. But really, I never think about the cramps other than the, how mad that guy is. Dude, they're like one the of the greatest punk here. bands of all time. I never really yeah. think about the cramps. What? If you're ki- I don't. I think uh, we. Yeah, have, I mean, I think we found a a, uh, a a a hole in your armor of perfect music punk taste, Dave. To be honest, I haven't listened to the Cramps in probably close to twenty five years. That's I insane. That's I don't a, know that I've uh, heard the Cramps other than like Bikini Girls with Machine Guns since oh. I was like fifteen or fourteen. Like straight up, like starter set. Like I like Flipper and the Exploited and and the Cramps, and then I haven't listened to them since. <laughs> Have you listened oh. to Exploited since then? I probably exploited like this month, dude. You got to go back and realize the cramps. Then they're the best one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. They, cr- yeah. they can't be better than the exploited. I, um, I will say, I, yeah. they are better than the exploited. But I, I thought about listening to the exploited recently. I didn't actually do it, but I did think about it. I have a, I have a little segue here on this. I want to go on this topic, but remind me. The flip the flipper bit. Once you guys are done with this, the flipper bit, I have something to talk about. Um, but no, honestly, like, cause the cramps have come up on this podcast and they've, it's like one of those things where I'm like, I should probably see how they are as like an adult, like straight up. I have definitely not listened to the cramps since I've been old enough to drive. Oh my gosh, Dave. You're like, I'm like shocked. Like my mouth is agape at this one. <laughs> like I would say, yeah. if you're going to rank those three in your punk rock starter pack, I'm going exploited flipper cramps. Number one. I listened to Flipper 100% last week, uh, and probably, it's honestly, I probably listened to Exploited in March. I probably didn't listen to them so far in the month of April, because it's recent. But, like, you know what? I'll throw on the Exploited, like, and I'm okay with it. Um, But, yeah, the Cramps, definitely, it was 1995. Well, bring those 90s back, my friend, because there are some good songs the Cramps have. Cramps are a band that I listen to quite a bit. I'll throw bad music for bad people on like tomorrow. I'll do that when I See, walk the dogs or something. Yeah, because I'm not. I'm like I look at Cramps the same way I look at Operation Ivy as to ska. Like I don't like rockabilly music, but I fucking love nope. the Cramps. And I'm not a big ska fan, like ska punk fan, I should say. But I'm a, I love Operation Ivy because they're like these things are just like punk bands that happen to have leanings towards these other genres. I've seen members of the Cramps in movies more recently than I've listened to any of them because I, I've seen Crybaby probably multiple times since the last time I saw them or heard them. Man, you gotta you gotta check them out, buddy. I promise you. I promise you, not gonna be disappointed. It's not gonna let you down. I'll, I'll, I'll listen to it tomorrow. It's it's been on my short list of things I should just like. Let's see how this is now, and I haven't. Yeah, no, I know. I know how it goes. You know, especially these days when when literally every time I go to listen to something. My kids put on Old Country Road, so I have to listen to Old Country Road instead of what I want to hear. <laughs> you mean Old Town Road? Whatever. Is that, is that what it's called? Old Town Road? Yeah. yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Do your kids, is the original or the remix? Uh, or both? They'll, they'll, fu- they'll fuck with both, but I, they definitely prefer the original because it's not like they get, it's not like they prefer the Billy Ray Cyrus part. 
Yeah. But that that uh and I'm it's my fault. I introduced him to that song. You know, like they can blame yeah. me ultimately in therapy years from now. But it is it is a popular one in our house these days. But they're it's, not into the cramps? Uh they fuck with the cramps a little bit, Dave, yeah. Yeah, they they don't like exploit it though. Uh, you, you, that's crazy. <laughs> Yo, the, there's some good singles. I mean, oh, Dead yeah. Cities. I bet you they'd love Dead. No, they like they, they like the exploited. I'm just fucking Throw around. Army Life. I mean, that song is such a killer song. I mean, I prefer yeah. the, sing, the single version versus the LP version with the weird gun sounds in it. Um, but I don't. I'm not mad at it. But like, yeah, I like the first three exploited LPs. And I find some humor in the 1990 record because I also had it at, as as a youth. So I like it's not as bad as you think it, it was. Like the massacre seemed like shit in like when I was 15. But putting it on now, I'm like, oh, you know, it's fine. I see what they're going for. Oh so, yeah. yeah, Troops of Tomorrow, fine. Horror epics, okay. Yeah, let's start a war. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You're, over, you're overthinking this though because you gotta think like young at like not even adolescent like toddlers like sex and violence is gonna play I could just hear the choruses of sex and violence just over and over uh, yeah no I get I get that uh uh yeah I get... <laughs> you haven't played that one yet no not for the kids no not really no. uh not really a go-to Anything? No. I, I thought I'd be like the coolest parent. Like when you're like a kid, you're like, when I become a parent, I'm gonna let my kids see rated R movies. I'm gonna do all this shit. I am like the most fucking uptight parent imaginable. I'm like, I don't know. That looks a little scary. I don't know if that's a good idea. Might be some so nightmares. You don't, you're saying after you're not that. gonna get them horror epics because it just seems too scary. I I watched Nightmare uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I think with my grandfather. By the time I was about six, maybe my brother would have been about four. I think I cannot fucking imagine doing that with my kids. Like, holy god! Like, they would be still screaming if we had done that. I watched The Exorcist extremely young, and it—I think I saw it too young that it didn't scare me appropriately. Yeah, and then I was just kind of like desensitized to it because we had that on VHS for some reason, like taped off HBO, like forever there's not a lot of like but there's not a lot of like bloody kills in that movie no but everyone's talking about how it was like the scariest no. movie of all time and then it's just like oh yeah I, I like it there are some deep psychological scary things in it but it's not like like graphic you know murders yeah but there's the whole your mother sucks cocks in hell yeah, that's true that's yeah true. yeah i think it was more about attacking the very moral fiber of of america yeah the, yeah the, and your kids would be like oh it's like that agent orange seven inch yeah, my kids, yeah. yeah they would definitely <laughs> the lyric now i'm at an age now where like they can hear the lyrics and they know what the person's singing about so they'll be like wait a sec dad what did you just say so <laughs> now we've and, but also they also hate the music i like now they're more into 21 pilots and and uh old town road those are the jams these days. That's what, uh, you know, they don't want to watch El Duce on Springer for some reason. They don't care. It's like they don't care. But maybe they'll like, like, the two live crew footage. Yeah. Like we, yeah. We live in, in an era. Yeah, it's pretty. 
we live in an era where Donahue's on YouTube. They could watch the hardcore Donahue whenever they want, but they don't even want to watch it. It's like they're broken. <laughs> I just Googled to see what this Old Town Road thing is, and it looks bad. Yeah. Because um, it says country rap as the genre, and that's just that right there. I'm like, yep. pass. It's No, it is honestly the catchiest song you'll ever hear in your life. Yeah, and, and Dave, are you uh, unaware about the whole um, cultural moment that the song is having? T- t- totally unaware. Okay, let's stop talking about it then. <laughs> yeah. Stay. You got a lot. Of, you got a yeah, lot. Of, no, no, no. Seriously, like we're done. You got a lot of googling though to do. You got to do some googling no, about a contemporary no. music moment and a music moment from the eighties with the cramps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of homework. I have weird, I have weird blank spots. Like I heard uh, the Rihanna song "Umbrella" for the first time extremely recently, <laughs> and, and, I, and it blew Amy's mind. That I was just like, "So wait, is this the regular song?" She's like, "Are you kidding?" I'm like, "So this isn't like some remix?" I'm like, "This doesn't even sound familiar." She's like, "This song is everywhere." Like, oh, all right. Yeah, like I, I, that that is blowing yeah. my mind a little bit too. Because yeah, that song you like. I think that was even in commercials too, right? I, I knew it was a thing, but I did. I don't know that I'd ever heard it actually out loud. I think I just knew that the like umbrella Ella Ella was a thing. But what did you think, think it sounded like? Song. Can you sing what you what? thought the song sounded like before you heard it? No, I, I don't think. I think I'd only ever heard it spoken as a reference. Like you thought it was a and spoken word heard- song. No, I knew it was a song, but umbrella. I, don't, I, I don't think I'd ever la, heard la. it. La, 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 la. Umbrella. La, 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 la. Yeah. It comes across like a Crash Test Dummies song when you do it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think there should be like a, a whole, like who who has the lowest, if that dude did like a Doom record, it would be like the sickest Doom record ever, the guy from the Crash Test Dummies. Maybe he did. Maybe, maybe all those other songs on And God Shoveled His Feet uh, are just like super heavy. So you've got so many weird, completely <laughs> non-blank spots in music too. <laughs> I mean, I can't name another Crash Test Dummy song, but, but as I said, just being able to name an album like that's funny. You got room uh, in your heart yeah. for the Crash Test Dummies, but no room in your heart for the Cramps. <laughs> I've potentially, I mean, I've definitely heard that song more recently. <laughs> <laughs> You know, they're like, uh, they, they to me are the original Drake. Like, they're like, because they're, they're pre Bare Naked Ladies and they're pre Avril Lavigne, you know, and pre everything. You know, they were the first band of my era. I guess Ryan Adams, you know. And was Alanis Morissette before or after them? After them, I guess, right? But what are you saying that they what? Like, they took over your country, they had a moment. Well, I, I mean, well, they I caught the heart anybody, of America. They they achieved the Canadian dream, which is to capture the heart of America. Every Canadian child is born with the so, hope of so one day stealing America's heart. <laughs> with one goal. <laughs> Neil Young moved out of Canada when he was eighteen to try and steal America's heart. And you know? and, and, he and so f- he's but he's playing the long game, and he definitely won. Um, yeah, but, but like, maybe not in the way that. Canada wanted him to win. Yeah, because he's been like American more than he's been Canadian at this point. Well, I guess he never gave him okay. his citizenship. And but. and so what about um, 
What about Rush? Yeah, you're right. Rush. Rush is before, you know. You're right. Rush definitely can take it before um, Crash Test Dummies. But yeah. once again, though, hey, so- Crash Test Dummies were cool. Like, super cool. I can't even say it. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, Rush wins. Yeah. Rush Rush was the first Canadian band to steal America's heart. But they fall in that tradition. A proud tradition. That includes so- Snow's Informer. And uh, oh, I forgot he's Canadian. Yeah, that song was huge. Absolutely, I heard that song. Like, uh, I'll hear that song out and about. Yeah, it's actually pronounced "out in a boot." Oh yes, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, but yeah, that, that song was big when I was in like eighth, seventh grade, maybe. Yeah, he's from he's from uh, Scarborough, and from the stories I hear, that dude was like, that's no joke. That dude's like a real dude. That song was sung from experience, informer, and not being an informer, yeah. right? He's like he's not an informer. Is what he's saying in that song. I just uh, point of clarity. You saying Rush was the first to steal America's hearts. I want to take exception to that slightly. Who, <laughs> who's first? Maybe the Guess Who. I was about to say the Guess, guess Who. who. Yes. And I guess Ronnie yeah. Hawkins and the Hawks first. Y- yeah. Yes, yeah. Of course. Yeah. But like. But yes. Yeah, but there's that. That's like it's a whole tradition, and I just want you all to admit that somewhere <laughs> along the way. The crash just dummies are part of that continuum. <laughs> I agree. I actually agree with you on that point. I do. Yes. They were in it took the... a while to get there, but I, I see your point now. They had that song, Peter Pumpkin Head. That song in the uh, Dumb and Dumber, too. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know if, like, capturing the hearts of uh, Pittsburghers is a real Canadian <laughs> dream. <laughs> but for a while, Canada's Coney Hatch really did uh, succeed in that. That one's lost on me, even Dame. Do you know that one? Yeah, I know Coney Hatch, but I didn't know they how they do they have like a a rock radio hit even. Yes, in Pittsburgh. Wow. Why do they yeah. name Pittsburgh in it? No, no. Is it like harder <laughs> rock whatever, and roll style? Yeah, no. For whatever reason, uh, that first Coney Hatch record was huge and got a ton of support from WDVE. And uh, I went to like a Coney Hatch meet and greet at a record store. Yeah. For the Coney Hatch self-titled or out of hand? For out of hand. Oh, the second LP. Yeah, yeah, because I was such a fan of the first LP. Yeah. I find Canadian music kind of has like a punk-like quality for people that live on the border of Canada and America. Like you meet American people that's like, oh, like I'm I'm into Canadian bands like Moist. Or I'm Mother Earth and stuff. And it's like it's like kind of like that would be, I guess, an alternative to what was happening on MTV, like finding a Canadian radio station and listening to that stuff. The, no, we the Coney yeah. Catch LP looks like when they laid that thing out, they're like, yo, no one's ever going to know who King Crimson are. And <laughs> then the, <laughs> I mean, and then, I, the joke's on them. <laughs> I think the joke was truly on them because I'm sure they – they didn't seem like they knew who King Crimson were. Um, but, you know, maybe they did. They could be deep heads for all I know. <laughs> um, I'm looking at this. Uh, a, it doesn't look familiar. And B, none of these song titles uh, really are, are really calling out to me to be, you know, familiar. Yeah, I jammed the record not too long ago. It was super disappointing. It's, it just sounds... <laughs> It sounds so slow. Um, I was just like, you know, let's move it along, guys. 
Like, I, I mean, I, I guess I'll check him out when, when the, the, the playlist for this episode it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> what song you pick? Uh, Christian Christian Death right into Coney Hatch. Craps, you know. Yeah, Craps just, just dummies snow. I think it'll be a real good one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it honestly sounds like. Know. Canadian radio in the 90s when we were growing up, Acris. Yeah. I don't remember this group at all, surprisingly. I, I'm normally pretty good with all that sort of stuff, but I, I, this one escaped me totally somehow. Well, the big song was, uh, the big song that they had was uh, Hello, Hey Operator, right? Well, no, Monkey Bars was the big hit uh, on the radio. <laughs> I think they had a couple songs oh, in Canada. Bars. Yeah. At some point, I'm going to put on monkey bars and see if it's familiar to me. Yeah. My algorithm's going to be all fucked up now because it's gone right from looking up Gigi <laughs> Allen TV appearances to looking up uh, Connie Hatch LP. Oh, even the aesthetic doesn't. 82, yeah. This is, I don't know. But look at that first record, Chris. It looks just like the King Crimson record. Yeah, well, for sure. Like, even the <laughs> even their logo has a vague, like, Judas Priest nod. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they were trying to hit a lot of all, all like, the you know, standard reference points yeah. as many as possible. It's because Canada has always got a little bit of Europe in it, you know, like everything. Like Joey Tempest band. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean like a European kind of like take on American culture a little bit sometimes. Like it's a little, okay. seems a little bit off. Yeah, it is very. You're right. That I finally saw the title for that or the cover for that first record. You're right. Very King Crimson. Um, out of hand. I have five LPs. Jesus. Oh, sorry. I guess the ones are newer. But yeah, that's Canadian tax dollars at work. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were on like Mercury for two, two of the three early ones. They had hits. Yeah. Yeah. They had hits. That record on Anthem was like definitely a, a Canadian hit. That's a dollar bin staple anywhere you go in Toronto for records, I find. Hmm. Well, I'm going to have to revisit this myself. I got yeah. <laughs> it. Not even revisit it, period. My, my work here is done. If we're not done or if we're done with the Coney Hatch, uh, I have a brief aside from what you, you gentlemen were discussing earlier, which was the, what were the three bands? It was Cramps, Flipper, and... The Exploited? The Exploited were the three bands you were saying. But anyway, relating to Flipper, I'm reading the, uh, the Coney Fe- Co- Cozy Fanny 2D autobiography right now, which is excellent, and I recommend. But I was very, very uh, surprised to learn that not the very first ever Throbbing Gristle United States show, but like I think the second in San Francisco, Flipper opened in 81, which kind of blew my mind. And I did not ever think that, that those two bands had played together in any context. And yet yet uh, here I was learning that. And Pettibon did the, the flyer even for the gig, which you can find online if you look it up. But uh, the L.A. gig, too, is like a brief aside, real footnotes kind of vibe. Uh, Vox Pop opened the L.A. gig. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> and also a group, I don't know, but it's what Chuck Dabowski's, or Dukowski, pardon me, uh, that SWA, I don't know how it's pronounced, band. I think it's just Swa. Swa, yeah. Swa, yeah. So I always thought it was just SWA, but, yeah. but who knows. 
So just a weird little... Damien, a long time ago, you were talking about like the Throbbing Gristle punk connection or what have you. Um, and I, I don't believe they're a punk band by any means, but it's just interesting that those couplings, at least on the state side when they came over in the early 80s, I was, uh, I was very surprised to hear it. I mean, I don't know who else... You know, I mean, Flipper, that's a very inspired, that's uh, an amazing double bill, mm-hmm. um, you know. But yeah, like, who else would have played with them, you know, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Like, I'm just thinking, like, 81, I don't know what's happening in San Francisco in 81, like, as far as weirdo there, outsider stuff. There's a lot of well, stuff at that like, point, right? Like, You know, it could have been, like, Tuxedo Moon or something. Yeah, yeah. you know. True. There's like the, um, the whole stuff on what's that label? Or uh, I, I mean, MX80 Sound could have already been out there, and you know, I, I guess they would have been seen as a very traditional, straightforward band. Uh, maybe not weird enough, even. Yeah, there's that whole. You know, but yeah, the whole Ralph record scene and and all yeah, that subterranean sure. record scene too. Or that's um, why I think his, it's even. What's cooler. his name? Uh, um, who just passed away last year? Uh, um, Zev. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they yeah. kind of do. They have a little bit of that. Like the LA show has like non on it from '81, right? So it's like it's Vox Pop, non, and that Swab band, which is a crazy weird lineup, even for '81. Yo, but imagine that, how that, intense that backstage was. <laughs> like, oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the San Francisco show is wild though, because that's yeah, it's just Flipper, and it's, it seems like I what I'm trying to point out here, apart from you mentioning Flipper, is just how well curated that gig seemed to be in that year, which you would think wouldn't have been such like, you would think it would be more like, yeah, they were coming over sort of for, for the first time. Maybe there was a bit of hype, but I still would have thought they wouldn't have been playing with some of these bands. Yeah. It is really like, that's like definitely they're like tapped into a punk circuit of show promoters or show people that are putting these punkish kind of bands on the bill. Do they go? They could have just, Go it on. could have just been what alternative music was, not to like yeah. go into like yeah. what alternative music became in the nineties, but like oh like this is not this is so far off the out of the middle they must just go together. Yeah. Yeah. True. But it just I just thought it was neat, like that idea, like hearing these things come up in the in the thing, I was like blown away. Because she she recounts a being outside of the show and saying I can't remember what member of Flipper, but she claims that they were a vet. And they were suffering from like massive PTSD then, and um, a wall. I think like I don't know. Well, not a wall from the war, but they just like disappeared. I think before the show, and they like they had trouble getting the person back. It was something like that. I think Will Shatter was a vet. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So it's just interesting. Like, all also, these little notes. Anyway, go on. Also, originally from Pittsburgh, which no, I didn't know until I read the article like a year ago. Wow. When did he move away? Like pre punk? It's it. Well, like, I, I think he, a, after he got out of the army um, uh, in Vietnam, he just settled. moved to San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It says well, Ted Falcone, a Vietnam War veteran, played oh, a unique style. Go. Yeah. Per Wikipedia. Ted Falcone. Sorry. Whoops. Yeah. yeah. There we go. But either way, I just thought that was a fitting for us for and or this show to mention these little things that only people like us care about. Speaking about shit only people like us care about, how wild was the three-episode segue of having the Laura 
balance episode go into the Mary Timoney episode because connected by label and then have that go into the Jennifer episode connected by DC hardcore. <laughs> you did a great job, Damien. You I'm, did a really great I job. I just wanted you guys to acknowledge that because no one else will. Good work. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> also, I figured we should talk about the show a little bit as well. The yeah, show. no, no. Also, I mean, um, it was pretty interesting because, I mean, three guests sort of all operating in the same time frame mm-hmm. as well. You know, um, all, all three, all three roughly the same age range, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and like, and also both. I uh, was oh, sorry, all three kind of like involved in American hardcore, like definitely coming from the more you know hardcore rooted side of things, and and all winding up in what would be kind of classified indie rock too. Yeah, yeah, but I guess that's so. a common trajectory, even followed by someone like yourself, Dave Martin. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, you know, oh, speaking of also, I, I did, uh, you know, that autoclave reissue came out. I know, like uh, right after it's like Ian MacKay heard is, it. And he was is like, that why I didn't I don't think I knew they reissued it, but I, I feel like I've noticed more people talking about autoclave recently. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And then and then uh, that popular uh, music site uh, deemed it the best new reissue, um, which sure. Why not? Uh, yeah. That's like the yeah, best category. The same popular music site that also wrote about the uh, Jennifer episode. No, a different one. No, no, different one. no, okay. a different one. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but uh, so so yeah, that came out, and I have to say, I mean, um, I think it was more coherent than I remember it. Like at the time, I was like, "Oh, those records are." interesting but i wasn't super damaged on them and then uh, you know it's not like they toured or anything so i never saw them live well i didn't know autoclave was a band for all that long no they weren't a band for very long at all you know they put in a lot of shit though for a band not around that long like a seven inch inch and a ten inch i thought a seven inch and a ten inch i thought it was two like a comp track oh oh, it's a comp that's the other thing sorry i thought there was three releases but it's a comp yeah, but I um, had yeah. I mean, I feel like that song "I'll Take You Down" is very good, but I I don't know. I I I like if I'm going for like the indie-ish female-fronted Discord, I'm going to go Slant Six all day long. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, I, I that you know the both Slant Six records are great. Um, yeah. So, but you know, I I I guess you can't get to slant six without first having autoclave so. yeah and you yeah. can't get to helium like that's why i think it's funny autoclave it took this long for kind of like the rediscovery by the larger music world to kind of happen because you know like the you, obviously the the parts that would kind of come out of it i think are, are in my opinion something i listen to more of but still like the fact that you have slant six and helium starting in the same band and they were a k records D, you know discord band is Pretty cool. Pretty turned out of punky. That, yeah. that, those Quixotic records are all right as well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. And it, it's it's kind of crazy that uh, they're not in print. And it's kind yeah, actually. And the second Slant Six record, I don't think is in print either. Really? I don't. Well, at least not on LP. Not on the format that people care about. Maybe they're waiting to do like yeah. another reissue type. But thing. I don't think it's. I don't think it's on streaming services either. 
Like, if you look it up, I think it's just Soda Pop Ripoffs. Didn't they release... I thought they released their whole... I mean, the Discord meeting. Didn't they put it all on some specific platform, like, years ago? Like, I don't think or so. something? No. I thought there was something with that. Well, I'm going to look it up. Well, they yeah, did, I know they did their, like, that Fugazi archive project years ago. Oh, maybe it was that. I thought it was, like, the whole Discord catalog, but then again, it probably wouldn't be because there'd be so much right stuff to deal with or royalties and whatnot. They're not, yeah, they're not doing, like, the Slant 6 archive? No. No, yeah. on, on, on Spotify, Soda Pop Revolve and Zombie are both on there. Oh, in, okay, okay. I'm and I don't know right. if, and we scroll down, and it does feature the 7-inch on Soda Pop Revolve as well, so... You can you can jam them both. Both. Okay. I and I imagine. Pro- si- Go on. Yeah, I was gonna say, just make saying that since it's not huge on their instrumentals, <laughs> their instrumentals I could I could kind of skip. Skip those tracks. Yeah, I find that with most bands, instrumental mm-hmm. music in general, I'm not like the biggest fan of. I find like slant sticks aren't like a riot girl band, but I heard them at the same time I heard all the Riot Girl stuff, so I throw them in the same, like, like grouping. Um, if I want to say the worst instrumentals, though, it would be the ones on the Heavens to Betsy LP. Those are, are very bad. Um, but yeah, I, I've, especially one of the things with Slant 6, if you listen to the beginning of Soda Pop Riff-Off, it sounds like it's going to just turn into Void. Like, it has the appropriate feedback that you want for, like, like a Discord release. Um, I think it's... I, I I fuck with those records a lot. I like them a lot. Yeah. The so. Um, oh, speaking of, uh, are, are is Team Dresh coming to uh, your cities? I'm not coming to Toronto, as far coming. as I know. Yeah, I only saw them doing California shows. Have they announced? Yeah, I don't, more I don't touring. I, I know that they're doing California shows, but and I, I but I wasn't paying enough attention to know if they had announced other cities. I'm sure they'll do New York, right? Like that would be natural. You, I, I would assume so, uh, but I just felt the need to say that Team Dresh live were like a billion years beyond their records. Like they were an unbelievable live band. Well, Went so far beyond those records. I so, saw them at a reunion in maybe '05. I don't know somewhere. They did like a New York show or two as a benefit for something, and I thought they were great. Yeah. Well, speaking of Which, '90s uh, bands doing reunions that were um, perhaps arguably better on live stages than they were on record, Avail also getting back together. Dave Martin, were you a fan of the Avail? No, not at all. I was just like, oh, that's a band that uh, I see their records. And <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard one. Let me tell you, they were my you favorite. Might, you might be okay with it. I think they were yeah. like, especially the earlier, like Dixie and uh, what's the one before that? Um, anyway, yeah. Attempt to Regress was the 7-inch. Yeah, some. I think you might be okay with it, Dave. I, I, yeah. I do believe, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to say you're going to be the biggest fan, but I could see you being like vibe-wise being okay with like, especially that early stuff. Like, there's yeah, definitely six. Discord roots to that stuff I've always found, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, their first their first record, Satiate or whatever, is from 92. Yeah. yeah. And they had a 7-inch a in 91. 89, too, they have a single, right? Or is it 91, the first know. single? 
they formed in 87. Okay. According to the resource. But yeah, it looks like 91 is the first seven inch. The who's saying what says stays the same. I saw them probably in like 94 for the first time. I saw them a lot. I saw them. The first time I saw them wasn't until 96, but yeah, that was a band that, my God, when those shows got announced, I was kind of like, okay, well, how do I make this work? How do I get down to Virginia to see them play? Because that was, that's a band that I would, I would love to see play live again. Like another band, like you're saying that I think the nineties is, is riddled with these bands as well, because you know, commitment to recording, not so much with the veil, but certainly with some of these other bands wasn't as much, you know, not as, it wasn't as, you know, uh, foregrounded as it is today, perhaps in some cases. So a lot of the bands from the nineties, I think were better live than they've ever been captured on their records. Yeah. It was still, it was still very like hit and miss, uh, as to whether you could get a good sounding record. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And like, and just like so many bands, like so many genres that, like, you know, like, um, as great as the Los Crudos records are, and I listen to Los Crudos records all the time and I love them, it doesn't capture like what seeing them live was like and is probably still like to this day. Yeah, I think that's a great yeah. example. Yeah, like, so Los Crudos, for, for, I'm probably y'all the same way. Uh, I heard them pretty i heard them like around the spit boy split mm-hmm. but then didn't see them play until 1998 so i had really built it up a lot because they played in like maybe 95 in new jersey and then didn't play for three years and i did not go to the like uh, i think it was crudos drop dead and like rye show um so i didn't see them uh for a long time but i built it up pretty and they they delivered to what i was wanting when i saw them they did one of those weird things that bands would do when they came to Canada, which is play like four or five shows kind of around this Toronto area. So I didn't see them like, you know, in 95 when I first kind of got that record, but the time they played, when did they play Toronto? Do you remember that Chris, when they played here? I guess it was like 96. They were here. I would guess it would be 90. Yeah. Between somewhere between 95 and 98, but I don't know what year. I think it was 96. It was just around the time the LP had just came out. Um, and they played like a radio show, who's Emma, the three sixty, a show in like, like an hour from here in another city. Like they just played so many shows that I, I feel really lucky that I got to see them like four or five times. And then I don't, 98, my friend, 98, they played here. Looked it up. Okay. Yeah, 98 would be my it. guess. Cause 98, I saw them like, I think six times Yeah, cause they did an extremely intensive tour. There's footage of the Who's Emma gig on YouTube. Yeah, it's Mike's footage. It says 98. Look in the front row, buddy. Yeah. Let's see Mike, <laughs> Ryan, and myself. <laughs> nice. I remember when Mike set up his camera. He just set it up on the amp. He's like, I'm going to go sing along now. It's like, okay. You do what you need to do. No, I, when, they, when they did the 98 tour, I saw them in New Jersey, New York City, Brooklyn, Albany, and Philly, I think, and Boston. Yeah, I saw them a ton on that tour. Yeah, they. I saw them here. I don't think I ever saw them again. I'm trying to think if I... Oh, no, I must have seen them somewhere else. At like a fest or something. Uh, I saw them at Chaos and Chaos. Oh, in the reunion like, era? Obviously, in like 
2012 or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think because I I don't think they played the East Coast again. <laughs> I mean, maybe they did since then, but I don't think in the between '98 and 2009 when I moved away, I don't know that they played the East Coast again. Yeah, I don't think so either. Holy fuck! This uh, this who's Emma footage is gnarly of them playing. It's such a small basement too, and there's just so many human beings stuck in there. But. My God, that was the best band. That was certainly, you know, you got into Crudos, Dave Martin. Uh, I've listened to them, but you know, obviously, never saw them or anything. Those are, you know, absolute dead years for me. Where I was, you know, I never saw them either. I didn't even see the reunion or you, reunions, I guess. By this point, I think you didn't go to those shows back. Uh, back they didn't play no. the Falls or anything. What no, were you doing so. in May of '98, Chris? Yeah, where was? Do you remember that? Uh, not at Crudos, apparently. What's that? I was gonna say, no, like, said, so what were you doing? Yeah, go on. You go. No, you go, buddy. You go. I was just saying, what were you doing in May of '98? <laughs> I was. I was not. Yeah, I, I. I don't know, but I, I didn't see them. But there's. I have a lot of misses like that of bands I should have seen and could have seen that I just didn't for whatever reason. But, uh, Crudos yeah, and Obituary so far. Yeah, those are two big ones too because I think those bands <laughs> are great. But uh, yeah, Crudos was one. That's one of those that I really wish I did. I, I never saw Tragedy in that earliest era too, which I really wish I did. Stuff like that. I saw them eventually, but there's a bunch. But no, I wasn't at that day. I what what is each of your bands that got away? Like you know, everyone's got them. I think for me. Uh, from from back then, I think the one that I really regret not seeing is Rock from the Tombs when they played Toronto. And I had a chance to buy a scalp ticket, and I didn't do it. And I, I regret it to this day when they did their big reunion tour. I, I that Those shows were cool. Um, I don't know if that should be your biggest regret, though. I just mean historical <laughs> significance-wise, right? Like, I think that, to me, like, when that record came out, I was like, okay, this this is like a huge piece in the puzzle. You know, like that. Yeah. And I never got the bootleg thing until much later. Now I've got a, a copy of that bootleg. So to me, that, that you know, The Day the Earth Stood Still, I think it's called, when that came out, yeah. oh, holy shit. It was like, oh, my God, it all makes sense now. Like, this just fits so many pieces together. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You know, I, I mean, it, it is amazing that it uh, eventually came out. So, so yeah. And the shows were really great. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Just uh, it's hard for me to think of it as like the biggest regret. But maybe because I was outside the show, like I had already made the effort to go to the show. Like like juke like jukebox hero style. Yeah, totally. I had stars <laughs> in my eyes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're the sound of the one guitar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oof. Um. I mean, there's like, it kind of is hard to where you want to go. Like, do you want to go with things where like, like, yeah, I never, like there's bands that like, I never saw ACDC and now the dude's dead. You know, like there's, there's things like that. Where the you cramps. Out, like <laughs> Bond Scott died years ago. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I-79 or whatever. <laughs> yeah, what would you be like a, a year going Actually, to that show? Well, um, uh, I, you know, recently, you know, those Saturday Night Live reruns, uh, uh like on, you know, like Saturday nights at 10 o'clock, um, they had the stiff upper lip era ACDC uh, performance. 
just a week or so ago, and it was amazing. Yeah, dude, that band could go like that band. I think could still go to this day. Yeah, I remember them playing New York. I guess probably the last tour. It's probably like. 2007 I don't know six eight I don't know and I remember I saw Motorhead and then everyone's like oh you're going to see ACDC like next month and I think I was just leaving Motorhead being like I don't know that I feel like going to another like concert and then I probably should have gone to see ACDC just to like <laughs> check that box yeah. um I don't I mean there's there's things like that where like things people die or there's things where you're like I definitely didn't see them at like the crucial era. I mean, like, like for example, like Sleater Kenny, I saw them, but I didn't see them early, and that kind of like miffs me. I never. Yeah, I, I, mean, I didn't. I didn't see Bikini Kill, and it it like yeah, Bikini Kill out. would be on my list too, but I don't think they ever came here, so that's my well, yeah. We, yeah, well, weirdly, weirdly enough, the first thing that came to mind uh, when you said it, I didn't see the Lost Sounds. No, you know? I didn't either. Didn't see that. And, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, just like, and I had I had ignored them for a long time because I was, uh, I just I wasn't into those early retards uh, records that much, and, and so I never listened beyond the first Goner LP, uh, and then with Lost Sounds, I was just like, yeah, that's a been you know, and and Larry Hardy was like, oh no, you have to listen to them, like they're you know, unbelievable. They're the best band in the world. Like, and, uh, and then I was like, Oh my God, he's right. And then they're like, and they're broken up. So, yeah, I feel that about a lot of I, Jay's stuff too. Like where I didn't get into it till after, you know, the, um, blood visions came out, which is like embarrassing to say, but it was like, I saw him that first time he played South by Southwest. The first, I think it was the second Jay, Jay show, like solo show he ever yeah. did. And yeah. I was like, holy fuck. And that's when I got into it. But yeah, I missed, uh, he had come here with Lost Sounds and played a weird show in Toronto and I'd missed it. He, he came with, uh, for sure with Angry Angles. Or maybe it was the Angry Angles I'm thinking of. Sorry. Yeah. It's the Angry yeah. Angles he came here with. But, uh, I, no. I'm sure I would think the Lost Sounds probably, I mean, they toured all the time, so they probably played as well. I, I mean, yeah, it seems like, except like Dan Burke would have probably did like yeah. four shows for them. So. For sure. Yeah. Cause I, I, it was like a weirder other promoter that brought up angry angles though. Right. Like it was like something weird, like a Montreal promoter. Yeah. I don't, I just remember it was the Elmo upstairs. That's all I remember. Cause I was, was contemplated going and just was lazy. And now obviously in hindsight, I really wish it went, mm-hmm. but, uh, I was able to catch him later. Like the era you're talking Dame. I was fortunate to be hip to some of the retard stuff slightly earlier than that blood visions record. Which was good, but again, I had I had missed them, which sucked. Um, but yeah, I love those records actually. Really, I love all of his records actually. But um, uh, yeah, so I, I don't remember Lost Sounds. They must have come through though. But uh, what was? I'm trying to think, there was another band he was in that same era. I thought in between there, Angry Angles. That we well, did that weird one. like electronic uh, kind of record too, right? The power well, electronic. Power electronic. Not know power electronic. But you do that like uh Yeah. Not power electronics. What was that what's that thing? The the shattered record, right? I think it was called. Um it's a picture disc twelve inch maybe. Oh, that was uh, Terror Visions. Terror Visions, that's it. Yeah, not power electronics, but electronic y. It was like it's synthy, right? Yeah, okay. 
I thought uh, well, it's yeah, it's vaguely yeah, it's, it's that about it. Yeah. I thought that's yeah, yeah like yeah. I, I, uh, yeah. I I actually didn't keep that record. You know, trying to have a strict no picture disc policy. <laughs> back back to uh, back to the ones that got away. I got three easy ones that I'm sure most of you have seen. Um, mine were Warzone. Some, um, Teen Generate, and oh, I saw them a lot. And makeup. I saw the makeup once. Yeah, I'm trying so to think if the... I, I don't know if I, I don't think I saw the makeup. I saw them. They know? toured with Fugazi in '94, '95. Yeah. I saw them. I could have seen them a bunch. Yeah, never, never went. No, I, I don't know. Like you know, because I don't remember a Pittsburgh show, and then like, it, and then once I moved to New York, you know, we already had like already had a kid and so yeah i don't think i ever saw them did and i don't think i i don't think i any of those three made it well, makeup i think made it here right makeup definitely did I, I was gonna even say like you could say nation of ulysses but they only played once and it would have probably been just a little before my time almost yeah like it would i would have been very young so i wouldn't have been hip enough to have known but um Makeup, definitely, I remember them coming. Like I remember being interested in that group, and it just never, I don't know. It's, you always just don't think groups are going to go away or whatever. Yeah, and, and I don't think, yeah. I, I, but I don't think Warzone, like they might have made it here in the 80s? They but... did. They played London, Ontario, 100%. I, I did not go thinking it was, they played Buffalo and London. Okay, yeah, because they didn't play I, Toronto, I don't think, ever. No, they were supposed yeah, to play yeah. here twice that I was at and they they had to cancel or, or it got canceled it like actually yeah I might be wrong it's either it's either London or Guelph they played somewhere in that like you know the London Guelph whatever, it would probably be there. London because the guy that would always do their sh- or would attempt to do their shows here was like that promoter that had his finger on the pulse of a genre that no one really cared about yet in Toronto but like he would do the blood for blood shows and the stigmata shows it was Jay Jay London um, Jay the skin yeah, yeah. Uh, and he I would do. All the I know what you're talking about, yeah. yeah. But it was on the Sound of Revolution tour. But I, I just thought oh, I'll be able to see them. They'll come through. Yeah, and I never got. To, I never got to see them. I, I, all three of those bands you mentioned, I think, would be ones that I would have loved to have seen. Uh, Teen yeah. Generate, though, I don't think they ever came here. I don't yeah, know. I, they toured, I don't remember them. They toured like definitely the South. Stay. Yeah. Oh no, I, I, I mean, I, you know, on that second set. Next tour that I did, um, they did like a week of shows with Teen Generate all on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I thought they even played Texas and stuff, though. I remember. Oh, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure they did, um, and I think they even came back after that. You know, this was '93 uh, or whatever. Um, yeah. So I'm pretty sure they came back after that, but yeah, I saw them like six times, oh, something like that. Very jealous. Yeah. Uh, one of my big weird ones is I've never seen Henry perform anything other than spoken word. I've never seen him perform anything, period. Not one thing. Wow. Because yeah. you only would have a short um, window to see him do f- music, though, right? Like, that was... He retired from, like, stage performance. No, but, he, but he did Rollins' band intermittently the whole time. Yeah. Like, you know, like... I mean, I, I got into silence whenever that came out in, like, what, 92? Yeah. And he stopped... Think, like, all together in like 2007 or something like that. Yeah, and first Lollapalooza, he was on the lineup, and like there was stuff I could have seen him on. I just have never. Yeah, that's yeah. why I'm with you. Same. But I can't think of him coming to Toronto 
to play a show. He must have come on weight because the first Lollapalooza yeah. wasn't. That was End of Silence. Like, uh, yeah. he, he must have come through on weight. He must have come through on weight. He probably came sense. through every single time. Yeah. I can't imagine him not. But uh, the first the first tour that I saw, uh, I saw him uh, at the Electric Banana, and it was insane. It was mm-hmm. it, it was crazed. Um, and then I saw him a few other times that ranged from good to like, and then there was a show that I saw that I just flat out didn't like, but that might've been more my mental state than anything, you know? And it was in like a huge, like Pittsburgh's biggest rock club at the time. And it was, I just socially felt it was unbearable. Yeah. I like, I think that when you living through these eras, like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. But yeah, I would have I, I would have backed seeing him, you know, waiting back at any point if I could have, like you know even like obviously even later Black Flag era, which would have been way before my time. But yeah, I would have loved to like I would have loved to seen the footage we talk about on the show all the time that much music took. Mm-hmm. That gig looked incredible. I think that was at the concert hall. Concert hall, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, looks oh, so sick. It's slipping in era, I believe, but I don't know what actual record they were touring on. I don't know if it was that or one later one. Uh, yeah, I don't if know. Only there was like a big book where they went through all of the Black Flag shows for. Two <laughs> they have. Yeah, uh, you. <laughs> they have the. Uh, what gig was that, David? <laughs> they have the four. That book's downstairs, so I can't yeah. go get it. They have the. Four, there's a four camera or three camera shoot of that. That much music has in its archive. Yeah. That's just it's rotting, incredible. just rotting away. On magnetic yep. tape that's never been digitized. Can you mail them a, a VHS tape and a self-addressed stamp please. envelope and have them send yeah. it back? <laughs> please, to please let, make me a copy of this before yeah. it's lost forever. If only. I, I have a quick callback since Rollins is related to, I'm going to call this back to SOA. Uh, I was correct. Discord has put up everything in their catalog on Bandcamp for free. Mm. So there you have it. Oh, I mean, you can stream it for free. You can't download it. No, though, no, of course, yeah. correct. Okay, but you can, yeah. you can, you know, preview it enough to, you know what I mean. However, that works. Yeah, I mean, the Bandcamp app is not something that I use that much. I, I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm all up in some Bandcamp, you know, on on a daily basis, um, you know, and if there's shit that's not on streaming services, you know. Uh, I'll try to buy it if it's something I want on Bandcamp, but yeah. I don't. I don't really stream on Bandcamp all that much. I don't know why. I do from the app because when you listen to it, not on the app, you get like a full like thirty seconds between every song. That the general music I'm listening to on Bandcamp that's like really pulls you out of it. It's like two songs. Um, so the app, the app at least is. is streaming so to speak that it goes right from song to song weird that doesn't happen for me when i I play on the site this yeah the site to me i mean generally if i'm talking about doing on my phone if i'm going to be doing it so but the app is so much faster so i i I use the app okay there you go Mm -hmm. sponsor the show okay go on yeah 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 it's it's by far the best digital media so you guys are saying that i should put this podcast up on Bandcamp. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Do the podcasts go on a Bandcamp? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, someone told me the other day that that's her uh, that's her platform for their podcast. 
Really? Oh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, it's true. That's yeah. what I say. So, that's true. Well, you guys you are know. selling me on this app. <laughs> I've, I've never used the app, but the site is, you know, the site is what it is. I just think it's neat they threw up the whole catalog. I think that's kind of bold. I, I thought that would have been a sort of an impossibility, but but not split releases, right? <laughs> What's that? Not split no, releases. All the SSDs are not up there that I'm aware of. No, no, you know, mutation or the or the Iron Cross or the yeah, no, IQ thirty two. No IQ thirty two. No, no uh, you know, uh, wait, Necros is on Bandcamp though. Oh, so, yeah, but only like that weird demos record or no. whatever. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, look <laughs> again, sir. Oh, no. <laughs> is Tangled Up on there now? No, unfortunately, no. <laughs> it's such a jam. It's like the early years type thing, right? <laughs> no, That's... but Sex, sex Drive, uh, IQ32, yeah. uh, Conquest, Conquest for Death. Death. You know, um, and Conquest for Death has the Take 'em Up single and the Process of Elimination so, track. But I just see Clubhouse sessions and Ambionic sound. I, I don't. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I I I bought all this shit on Bandcamp. Uh, just oh a wait, few months tra- ago. I, I, sorry, I was looking at Spotify. Sorry. Oh yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So Spotify even had some like weird early years comp. I mean, that's the demos thing you're talking about. Yeah, that's no, what I, I, there. yeah, yeah. The the um, alone is dream stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which so, really isn't what I'm looking for. Well, no, that stuff's a crucial stuff. But you know, once again, you can't. You know, like it's a. You know, somebody who just fucks with Spotify, they're hearing that without hearing you know the real records. Yeah. Um, it's so, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, back to bands that I, I never got to see that I want to see, uh, mummies, but I don't know if they, I don't think they ever played. Oh, yet. good call. I failed to. Yeah. Great call. Yeah. I mean, they were fine. Whoa. I, I, I don't know. I've never heard anyone go like that. Harsh critic. I, all the footage I see just looks insane. Yeah. Well, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. Is it too I gimmicky think, for you, though? Is that what it is? No, I think it's like, the, you know, the Trent guy was a, kind, of, it's kind of a jerk um, or whatever. And I was just, you know, a little, I was just being, you know, that guy, like, you know, at, at, at a big, you know, garage event where you're just like you know whatever fuck you you know you wrap yourself up and you play bare you know i just thought that at the time there were a lot of bands that i thought were better than them that you know weren't getting the juice that the mummies got you i know. can see that in the era yeah. and i you know and this is somebody who like i bought every single mummies record as they came out like i yeah. was you know so uh, you know, but when I finally interacted with them, it was like it was pretty. It was a pretty underwhelming experience. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still with you, Dame, on that though. For me, at least, that's one. Yeah, uh, they're 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 definitely on my list. That's a good call. They actually did a little. They've done two reunion one-off things, or maybe more. Yeah, but they definitely did I, at least two. They did one at West. And they did one at the uh, the opening of the Detroit uh, Third Man, which I was I had to work another show 
Um, so I could not go. I was super bummed. But yeah, that was. I wish I even went to those. Yeah, I mean, a few years ago, I I went to you know one of the the uh, Maxwell's shows when they did that reunion. Mm. You know, it's now maybe like ten years ago or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when there was a Maxwell's, and, and it, it was it was great. You know, but it was you know. But you know, in back in the day, like I, when I when I saw them, then I was a little, I was already over it, I guess. I can see that. Yeah. Like you know, it's like one of those things that, like, when you're in something and of an era, you know, like it's amazing talking to people now, and you know, if they're younger and they'll talk about stuff that, you know happened around me or stuff that I was even present for. And they talk with like, you know, a deference and you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. I guess with the passage of time, all this stuff that even was, you know, mundane to you eventually becomes legendary. Yeah. Yeah. But do you, how often do you have younger people hit you up to be like, ask if you saw a band, that's a band that you were just like, didn't give a fuck about Uh, like a band that you, you're forgetting yeah, what you podcast like, I do, Dave. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. I like. I. I. I have. I just have a general enthusiasm for this genre. But there's like plenty of bands that are now legendary or bands that are very important from my area that, at the time, just didn't do anything for me. You know, and and it, it, like even bands that have gone on to become huge, selling giant rock bands that I'm like, really that band like. What about these guys that were standing beside them or these people that were standing beside them? You know, like it just, you know, but I think that's always the case. Yeah. I mean, I just remember I was at a show. I'm not going to name names for safety reasons, but like I remember (laughs) someone like just listing off a whole bunch of like throwaway like New York hardcore bands that I'm like, yeah, of course I saw them. Like, so what? Um, that like bands like and we're not talking about like A list or B list New York hardcore bands. It's just like just other bands that I saw open for bigger bands. It's like yeah, yeah, of course I saw them. Is that is that cool? Was that a th- thing people care about? Yeah, and like now I know what it's like when I was going up to like you know the older punks <laughs> and being like, "Did you see Judge?" And they'd be like, "Really, Judge? That's the band you want to ask me about?" You know, but I was a, I was a Punisher well, kid. Yeah, I mean, like, I and I have no idea, but like, do people consider like Submachine? Would that people be like, oh my gosh, did you see Submachine? No, that's never happened. No, me. that's never happened. I do love Submachine, though. I do want to say for the record, I do love that band. I think that band is yeah. underrated, but yes, they are definitely on the underrated side more than the rated side. Okay, yeah. Submachine was not be- the not the draw, but uh. The before I ever saw the casualties, there was a casualties blanks seventy seven submachine show at the pipeline <laughs> that I was that I had laid out that I would pay admission fee for three different people for a ride. Like, hey, I will pay your admission and your older sister's admission who can drive <laughs> if you guys if we can go to this show because I really want to go. And then she was still like, mm, nah. So yeah. I, I, so I'm not sure that I ever saw Submachine, to be honest. I saw them. They played the. Uh, they played here a few times back in the day, and then I saw them actually a few years ago, probably more than a few years ago now. But when they played the Hockey Teeth reunion, 
and they were sick. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking of a band that I saw a bunch that, like, I was, you know. I'll give you one, Dave. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jesse Michaels Metal Band. Oh, I I mean, I saw the show where he played drums. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you know, the fact that he played drums in a heavy metal band. Like, here's a guy who's arguably one of the more influential punk vocalists of the 90s and playing drums in a heavy metal band that you saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, 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 I rate that show highly. That show was the whole, the whole show. <laughs> okay, well then, fantastic. That's a bad example. Um, then, yeah. Well, what was the show? The Necropolis. whole show. Uh, Necropolis, and then there was the short-lived Pittsburgh band called Bronk, spelled with two B's, B B R O N K, who were all like older, like at the time, older guys, like they were probably like twenty-five or something. Um, you know, and they, and they were like, you know, kind of like punk vet dudes, uh, who, you know, were just doing sort of like, you know, a vaguely hard rock thing. Like at the time it seemed like they were hard rock, but it's, you know, still pretty punky or whatever. And it was, they were just ludicrous and good, you know? All right. So, yeah, it was a great show. Uh, I was going to say, though, like any band that you probably saw in New York in the early 2000s that's now gone on to become, you know, legendary that I'm sure at the time you didn't rate. You know, there's a lot of bands from that era that, you know, exploded. Yeah. All right. We don't that's have to, true. We don't have to name names on that one. No, no, no. But, but, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, Dave Martin, when I'm saying this. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the Strokes? I think all the things that... Oh, please, are the worst fucking band of all time. See, well, yeah, uh, exactly. I mean, like, well, you know, no Smashing Pumpkins, but they, they do suck. <laughs> I, I, I do like The Strokes, and, but there are also people I'm that sorry. think they're the, one of the most legendary, important bands of this yeah, era. Yeah, no. I, 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 yeah, people, like, I literally, I was just talking about the time when, I, you know, <laughs> we got their first single, we put it on, and laughed. <laughs> so you're not going to the reunion, Dave? <laughs> Absolutely not. I know. I figured. <laughs> what was the What was the first single? Uh, whatever that one that later, it, like it was reissued by Rough Trade or XL or whatever. But I think there was like a self relief released version of it. But when I looked on Discogs, I didn't see that. It's whatever that um, that single that ended up on XL is. Um, maybe it's last night or I don't, yeah, I, I think it's last night, night. like the oh, first yeah. big one. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. But yeah, some awful fucking song. Cause they suck. <laughs> oh, love it. I, I rate them. I rate them. I like, there's a couple tracks on, oh. is this it? I, I'll, I'll fuck with that record a little bit. Yeah, no, I'm against it. I know. And I live over the years. I encountered people who love that band. Um, and you know, it's, uh, that's not music for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. I can't find uh, this. The Strokes, like, oh, you know, self released release on, uh, on the. I'm pr- on I'm the like, cards. I'm positive that there was a self released version. But CDR, maybe, maybe CDR floating around. I don't know. It was no. It was a, an actual single, vinyl seven inch. So well, there's a modern age single from one, but it is on XL. Yeah. Yeah. No. So. Like I think it was the modern age last night um, thing on Rough Trade was their first record. 
Yeah, I don't remember this being on Rough Trade, though. Like, that's the thing. I mean, we probably would have been even more upset had it been on Rough Trade. Is this pre-Takeover, um, though, or no? Is this pre-Rough Trade becoming part of Beggars? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah. 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 I, 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 would, I would have thought, no, I thought I could, because like, it seemed like to me that they came out of the gate super hot, right? Like, there's enemy articles before yeah. there were even, like, shows, it felt like. So, so yeah, this was definitely before the hype really hit because a couple months later we were just like, what? Um, <laughs> you know, and then everyone was going crazy and, you know. <laughs> I, you know. well, I, I happen to have a lot of fond memories about that record and also a certain singer of a certain band that we we're discussing had a crush on another certain other singer and another certain other band that's talking right now. So, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm sure everyone knows exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> That's my favorite story. <laughs> it's the only time I felt attractive in my whole life. You know? Um, but anyway. So he so he had a crush on David Up? Yeah, David Up. David Up. <laughs> David Up is certainly one of the most attractive hardcore singers of the that era. I just mean you're you're referencing a front person in a group, and it's like, well, there's you guys know the story when Julian from the Strokes tried to make out with me. I know, I know. I'm just Come on, <laughs> it, it is a great story. <laughs> uh, it's so. We need to have him on so you can ask him about it. I've tried to get him on. I want to get him on. He's got a punk band, you know. I'd, I'd love to have him on, and we could catch up. I mean, you know, I could run away with him now and leave behind like this whole life I've set up for myself. Train wreck. So, um, I think it it would be great. Wait, I, you cut out for a second there. Did you say you're an absolute train wreck to me? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get, let's clear the air air here, David. No, I said every interview with that dude is an absolute train wreck. Okay. So um, I really hope you do have him. On. Oh, it'd be amazing. I I've yet to have like a, a oh that's not true. The Jay Maskus one is pretty pretty train wrecky. No, it's not. No, it's not. You're way no, hard it's on not. That. It's you just really so, boring. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty boring. It's a little slow. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it came up really recently because we were talking about like with Amy, and she's like, I don't remember why, but she's like, "Oh, is Jay done an episode?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah. Like, is it good?" I'm like, "No, a it's little." Really... Jay's done two episodes. And, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and actually, to be honest, to, to be completely uh, blowing a secret event, so now probably won't happen. But there's. There's now plans for a third appearance on Turn It a Punk by one Jay Mascus in the near future. <laughs> you should have had him do this, this coming year. One of us is a glutton for punishment. I don't know which one of us yet. You should have had him do the interview of you instead of uh, Jonah. That would have been real fun. It would have been amazing. <laughs> there were a lot of people that I think I could I could have had on to do that. That would have made it a little more interesting. Like, not a little more interesting, sorry. But a, a very different interesting than the Jonah one was. I think Jonah's like the perfect person to do it. I can't think of a person that would have been better suited, but certainly Jay would have been differently suited for it. Yeah. I wanted, I was going to produce a podcast. I wanted to produce a podcast for Jay where it's just like him doing interviews with people, but seeing who wants to get off the interview faster, him or the person he's interviewing. (laughs) Yeah. I think that that would be a good show. It'd be a pretty great podcast. I think. 
But you could book it with really interesting guests, right? Like, you know, anyway. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I'm calling about uh, Jay Mascus's podcast. Would you like to be a guest on it? <laughs> Who's saying no to that? I know. Yeah. Who would say no? I know. It's I w- uh, It's like, yeah, well, maybe maybe it will happen. Maybe that'll, that's coming soon to the Turn Out a Punk Patreon network. Yeah, you might cut this part out. Yeah, yeah, I might cut yeah. this part out. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'll bring it up to him in the potential third appearance. But yeah, I've yet to have a truly train wreck disaster episode of Turned Out a Punk, uh, as far as I can think of. Maybe there's one that I'm not thinking of, but uh, you know, so maybe that'll be the Julian one. Hey, what's he doing now? He's probably around. Strokes reunion, man. They're hot, dude. Yeah. Dave, you're not going to a Strokes reunion. Me? No, of course not. Oh my god. This You're the is, only one of the four going to that. This dude. is more offensive than the fucking not knowing who the cramps are. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's strokes. Like, what, what, when did that stuff all blow up? Like, 99? Uh, 2000. 2000, yeah. No, 2000. And, yeah, because it, oh, it was just before September 11th, or because they had to pull the record to take New York yeah. City cops off it. Um... Yeah, I mean, at that point, I was, like, fucking very involved. In, like, I was not looking for non-hardcore music to get me away from hardcore. Well, <laughs> listen, Dave, some of us were making mixtapes with Dead Nation and New York City Cops on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's, uh, there's, you know, different strokes for different folks, so to speak, I guess, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm over here listening yeah. to my All Cramps, All Dead Nation, All Strokes mixtape. <laughs> I mean, uh, Dead Nation also on streaming services, so you can you can throw that on. I know but, uh, Dead, yeah. Na- Dead Nation yeah. is definitely a band that I feel is uh, is is due for uh, not that like you know y- other stuff you did isn't worthy as well, but I think Dead Nation is certainly a band that is criminally underrated from that early era. Well, thank you. Uh, I I uh, I never listened to my old band, so I, I but I did make sure to get that everything I believe is on Spotify. If you need to listen to it, including a live set. Cause you know, that's what everyone wants. <laughs> <Live sets. laughs> yeah. Well, now that you can put videos on Spotify, if breakdown puts up the Thompson square park video, you better believe I'm going to start streaming on Spotify instead of YouTube. Yeah, we, I would too. I would just like put it on. I'd listen to it t- tomorrow after I listen to the cramps. <laughs> yeah. That would be like, you know how bands are like, if, <laughs> Wait, what a pairing, by the way. Yeah, I honestly watched that video. Okay, favorite YouTube videos ever Inside Out reunion show when Zach calls out that heckler in the crowd, uh, and then Breakdown playing Thompson Square Park. And uh, I'm trying to think of my number three, but definitely that's my Um, kid too. Kid Rock on Dr. Phil, Kid Rock, (laughs) Dr. Phil, number three. That's it, those are my top three YouTube videos. That'd be your number one, which one? So one that I like, it's definitely not like the same intensity as that uh, as breakdown or inside out or Dr. Phil really. But, uh, <laughs> I'm a big fan. There's a vo- There's footage of St. Vitus playing what looks to be a classroom. Like two of them, like Wino and I think, uh, Scott are, are, uh, are both wearing black flag shirts. So I assume it's like them, like first Wino tour touring with black flag. And they're just so intense, but they're playing like a classroom, and no one gives a fuck. But uh, I, I, the the fact that I like Saint Vitus on top of the really weird juxtaposition of a show they're playing, like it's it's super bright, 
uh, like a like a classroom. It's I've I've watched it multiple times. I actually like downloaded it from some weird app to like make MP3s of it so I could listen to it not on YouTube. <laughs> so that that counts for something. Uh, I'm also going to now also uh, put Straight Ahead Reunion on my list, which is once again upping yeah, the intensity. Yeah. Oh, such a good. I mean, I wish yeah, there was more people great. on stage. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> great. He needs a little less room to move around. Yeah, I mean. It makes me want to play a show in a football jersey a little bit. Um, it's an it's su- extremely good video. That is such yeah. That is like there's certain videos that you can watch before you play a show that you know w- will amp you up, and I find is that is definitely one of them. Are you one of those performers? Because I've seen other performers where like like members are like walking around with headphones, getting psyched to play, and I've never done that. I go through phases like if if I don't have good cannabis, I definitely am one of those people that puts on headphones and like gets into the like the you know M and M in eight mile mode before we play. Sure, sure. But uh, <laughs> but and you, like and you battle rap, yeah, yeah. But then and then it's always like you know then you go through phases of what you listen to to get ready before you go out on stage and play a show. But yeah, like watching videos like before fucked up played on on MTV the first time we just watched the Fear on Saturday Night Live video. The, the second song and the third song over and over and over again. And I feel like a sigil. It helped, you know, bring about the chaos that happened when we finally got on stage mm-hmm. that day. Yeah. You don't want pastrami. You don't want salami. You don't want no chicken. You don't want no roast. You, you want, want beef a <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. Dave, well done. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that fear video is also very good. Um, I mean, the YouTube's there's there's a million things. I just I, it's rabbit holes is how you get to things. So the straight ahead video I have watched a bunch of times. If we're gonna go Topkin Square Park, we'll go other cuts. Have you watched the Reagan youth footage of Topkin Square Park with yeah. all wearing tie dye shirts? Yeah, yeah. I I enjoy that. I enjoy the singer fucking around. The guitar player just shoves him at one point. Um, you can just see, uh, Neil of nausea and Ralphie boy, pretty, pretty obviously in it, like watching from the side of the stage. Yeah. I, I also, video. also once again, totally different vibe video, but the Gizem, uh, flamethrower video as it's known. <laughs> um, different vibe. I would recommend, uh, I believe it's the footage of commuter man, uh, from DRI live at the Ritz. Uh, also, I mean, like, kind of cross. It's crossover for sure, but you know, it's not every video that you get, you get to watch the bouncer just skank on stage, and <laughs> he does. Similar uh, tone to that. That that Sham sixty nine. <coughs> sorry, the Sham sixty nine Reading footage where uh, he pulls the bouncer and the kid that are about to fight each other up and gets them to both sing along to "If the Kids Are United." I listened to Sham 69 uh, earlier this week. Great band. Great band. Great band. <laughs> like the live, the, the, the live recording on the beginning of the first LP, like all yeah. those live tracks, it's yeah. bonkers. Yeah. How loud that crowd is. And what if Fucked Up just also had just chants from various things by the audience the whole time? Oh, dude, it that's like be a lot dream. of competition. That's a dream yeah. to like get the whole audience just to chant something. Like that's the thing we we talked about on that bouncing souls episode. 
uh, and you probably noticed this the other night when you saw him, that band can write those kind of, you know, soccer-y, football-y chant-type parts of their songs that gets people just, like, wanting to chant them out. Yeah, but the, the sham, they're just chant, chanting other songs that are not sham songs. That's true. That's um, true. I assume with, with where Jonah lives now, you're going to get more of a hooligan fan base. What, you think from Jonah that. hanging out with other hooligans bringing to our show or something? Yeah, like yeah. The, with, <laughs> like specific canal hooligans? Yeah, I think yeah, if yeah. anything, we're going to start getting like longshoremen coming to the fucked up shows. Like old-timey sailors, pirates. Like Jonah's, yeah, this is my new yeah. friend, Peg Leg Blackbeard McGill. And he's like, Arr. I met, yeah, I, I met I Jonah on the docks the other day. Oh, is it Fleet Week? No, no, no. Fucked up's playing. It's just <laughs> there's all, all these dudes coming to see them. We should just go full nautical, like just become like a full yeah. no, pirate core band. I think that's the next progression. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. <laughs> Yeah, the Pirate. concept album can just really be about just sailing the seas. And then we can get the audience <laughs> chanting with, like, sea shanties, you know? like Uh-huh, yeah. You know, like, a fucked up life for me. Yeah. <laughs> the songs write themselves, you know? <laughs> all I know about sea shanties is from SpongeBob SquarePants. Like, I'm like, they all have yeah. the SpongeBob flute at the end. And, uh... <laughs> uh Oh God, guys! We have talked for a very long time. Uh, I think we have we have done the Super Show moniker justice. Uh, anything mm-hmm. else you'd like to add? Uh, I'm good. No, no. I just the, this. I think the, the, the I, I feel is really the top high wa- high watermark, literally. So yeah, yeah I, I set the record straight uh, uh, about the strokes. So yes, you did. <laughs> We know I've still got a, a, a low-grade jab at Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, if, I, I hope whenever I speak that people can hear that in whatever I say. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Zero tracks. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there a band in the history of popular music with less tracks? Like, Little Nas X already has more tracks than Smashing Pumpkins, and he only has one song. Legitimately, no. music. I prefer the the musical stylings of Kid Rock. Oh, I think so too. Yeah, like even later I mean, period Kid Rock uh, musically. I guess if I had to pick, yes. Yeah, um, like Chris, ICP, or Smashing Pumpkins. They're both playing your town tonight. You've got to go to one. <laughs> yeah, there's. A, what are you going to? There's a Dude, bomb it's, it's on your smashing ch- pumpkins. What? Oh, smashing I'm, pumpkins. You're, you're, you, you'd really go see Smashing Pumpkins over ICP live. I'd be so down. Yes. With well, sorry. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's back up here. <laughs> you're talking. I'm going just for the story of seeing them live. I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna have a good time. You're gonna or is it tunes. what can I bear musically? Like, what can I bear musically at Smashing Pumpkins for sure? Although I do not like Smashing Pumpkins, but as far as like. <laughs> This will be a better story. It's definitely the ICP. Yeah, I I'm really not going to listen to either of them on purpose, but I've probably put on yeah. ICP to listen to on purpose more times. No, because I've done it ever. <laughs> I, I've I, seen uh, no. I've seen Smashing Pumpkins live uh, a bunch of times because we did a tour with them, and yeah. uh, I I would definitely see ICP. 
A thousand percent. You like ICP. You legit like ICP. I don't like ICP. (laughs) This is not a revelation. I just respect (laughs) what they do as artists, you know? But, like, because of, like, pop culture, I definitely, like, sought out to listen to the the Miracle song. Because of Damien, I at some point listened to the song Homies. I've definitely never been like, I'm going to throw on that today's the greatest day or no, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah I've never on. put on Smashing Pumpkins on purpose. It, I am with you. I just mean that you're, these are gun to head choices. First of all, <laughs> like what's the band yeah, where you just be like, okay, pull the trigger. I can't even do it. Like, is there, that would, that would be close for me. That would be bad. I don't, I, I would prefer the trigger in that case. <laughs> like, just both. do it. I can't see the ICP yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what what Dave Martin? If you had to pick between, wait for it, Allison Chains or Smashing Pumpkins, what are you picking? Oh, Allison Chains, every single time. Really, you like Allison Chains? I imagine they would be on your list of bands you didn't like. I even, oh no, I don't like them at all. But I, I also don't have any sort of, I, I don't have any real feelings about them beyond like I would not like to hear them. And now when yeah. you go, and now when you go to see them, there's like a, a one in a thousand chance that they may play a Neon Christ song. What's you more like? Yeah, they're going to play Neon Christ or Metallica. Meta- yeah, you're right. Metallica. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'd be yeah. so. It'd be so sick. Have they haven't kept that up, have they? The surprise covers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. Yeah, I think they yeah. do. Yeah. What, what have they done lately? Uh, I don't know the last. It's, what was the ones we talked about last? There was a COC one. There was Poison Idea. There was. Um, there was like they did. A, what was a? They did something hilarious. Yeah. Um, what the hell? Why am I blanking on that dude? No, did they, they do it like uh, an Econochrist cover or something? Econochrist, yeah, yeah. I'm That's like, right. What's, yeah, yeah. what's Ben's band? Um, yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, they did an Econochrist cover, which is like literally. Eagle style, hell is frozen over. Like that, yeah. it, it, nothing yeah. will be more off the wall than them covering Eternal Christ. Yeah, no, that that honestly is like that makes Metallica cooler than ninety percent of the hardcore bands who would never cover an Eternal Christ song. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and a, whoa. Who's having a rager over? There? I know. Who's in a rage? <laughs> not me. Not me. Uh, it might be my family. All right. Well, we got, we somehow got on another topic on the way off. So, uh, sorry about that. Sorry about yeah. that. No, dudes, I was going to say, anytime you guys want to come back, I'm sure I speak for Chris when I say this, yeah. but you're very much welcome anytime. Oh, thank you. Pleasure. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Uh, and thank you everyone for listening. Uh, Chris and I can, of course, be heard over behind that Patreon wall, still doing regular footnotes. You'll also hear some other podcasts, including the infamous Lost Turned Out of Punk Episode Zero has been posted uh, there. And there's also some other stuff, including some merch and Lego minifigs and all sorts of other fun stuff. So check that out when you get the chance. And uh, that's it. Chris, how do they get in touch with us here at Footnotes? You can reach us at turned out of punk footnotes at gmail.com. And I should say, we should say this next time we convene, we should, we should do some mailbag stuff. So if you have anything you want to send in, 
send it in and we will tackle it next episode. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, and that's it. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. And I guess we'll see you next week or no, no, not next week in a few weeks, a few weeks. <laughs> 